0: Yep. Ugh, bloody babies. Bloody babies. Bloody, bloody
1: babies. Hello and welcome to Overly Honest Dads, the world's greatest ever podcast about parenting. I'm your host, my name is Matt, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful friends, Magnus. Hello, everyone. And John. Hello fathers. Hi. So, I hope everyone out there in podcast land is doing well, that you're having wonderful weeks and that you're enjoying life. We're <laughs> here to talk to you about our experiences of fatherhood. Being overly honest dads, we're going to be very honest about it. I hope you enjoy the ride. So, this episode our main topic of conversation is going to be antenatal classes. Now, the reason we picked this as an episode is uh, episode theme is that I think a lot of people who will be listening to this will be uh, parents to be, maybe dads to be, mums to be, and antenatal classes is one of the things. Things on your sort of pregnancy schedule that people look forward to, and so we're going to tell you about our experiences of going to um, antenatal classes. Magnus went to NCT, Correct. so he'll be telling us all about that. And John, um, it's probably doesn't remember anything. No, I was
2: antenatal for Christopher,
1: yeah, for okay. So John will tell us about his experiences as well. And to round the episode out, we're going to describe what our overly honest antenatal class would look like if someone was stupid enough to give us control of an native class which will never happen but we can imagine it and it'll be fun but before we get into that we're going to give you some dad news and rather than kick it uh, hand things over to magnus and john which i usually do at this stage i'm going to talk about what's been going on with me and amelie since we were last here so yeah
0: so tell us- tell us yes. what's been happening with you. <laughs> thanks. Was that a cue? <laughs>
1: uh, I, I don't know what it was but I, I, it would have felt silly if I just kept talking without you guys saying anything so thanks for interjecting um, but the reason I want to talk today is because Amelie has started going to go nursery for the first time. Nice. Okay. Which is a big change big from what change. We we're doing before so just to bring everyone up to speed Amelie is now going to nursery four days a week. Um, Amelie um, goes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. Alex has her on a Monday. And I'm doing nursery drop-offs three days a week, so I drop her off. And man, it's a big change. She is pissed off with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen our baby um, annoyed with us before, but honestly, she gives us a silent treatment now. Really? <laughs> Gangster yeah. eyes. Wow, so okay. like in the morning when I'm doing the drop-off, well, getting her ready for uh, for nursery and everything else, it's just me and her. We have a nice time. She's crawling around. I get her dressed. Um, she has a snack. I, I iron my shirt and sing songs to her and pull fully fa- funny faces. It's a good time. It's a good daddy-daughter time. But then when it's time to go into the pushchair to go to nursery, she doesn't want to know. Yeah, she looks at you. And you just she, go, she, pussy owl. Oh. No, <laughs> uh, so, if, in case you're wondering why John just said pussy yeah. owl, pussy owl. Is that how you say it? Oh, I think so. Yeah, that's because he was—he's been making that noise a lot this evening because it's his new thing. No, um, it
2: pops on the mic and annoys Matt. Well, I, but
1: don't say pussy on when I'm talking about my baby girl. No, she <laughs> says that to you. No, what no, she just I'm gives us a silent treatment. It's mad. Like you're pushing her in the push chair, be like, Emily, Emily, yeah, do you want look at Daddy, say hello to Daddy. And remind us again how old she is. She's um, coming on for eleven
0: months. Eleven months, and she's sassy already. Yeah, yeah. She just Incredible. she just ignores you. <laughs> um, wow. And
1: just watches the cars go past she loves watching cars go past and the same happens when alex picks her up um uh, to bring her home she gets a silent treatment until she gives her a feed and then and then she's nice again after that so it's a bit it's a bit weird
2: and traumatic really um the that's the thing is their baby's the building personality and that's being offended i mean she's been attached to you guys so much yeah it's a big Big change, man. Yeah, d-
1: definitely. And I, I, I wouldn't say that I was always, gonna I was very comfortable with the idea of her going to nursery so young, but at the same time, I can't exactly tell Alex she's not allowed to have a career. That's not a call that I get yeah. to make. Like Alex yeah. still gets to live her life the way that she wants to. And so this, and she wants to continue her career. And so that means nursery. Um, but yeah it's it's a strange thing like when I hand Amelie over at the nursery she's distraught she mm. just like, grabs onto my clothes um, and oh my doesn't want to go and th- the way that they tell you to do it is to just get out there ASAP like yeah. you hand her over and then leg it yeah, pretty much. Not literally, but pretty much that's what happens. And <laughs> <I'm> just... it's <laughs> heart- its heartbreaking, man. It like is. it's a hard thing, and this is, I guess, something that you have to get over the further the older your kid gets, because inevitably they will go to some kind of nursery, kindergarten, yeah. or eventually school. And so at some point you have to deal with this. We're just dealing with it quite early, and I think that makes it extra <laughs> traumatic because they're so young; they can't express themselves very yeah. well. And um, and yeah, you, you feel bad, but at the same time you know you're doing it for the right reasons. So.
2: But I think it it brings the other aspect that we all share is the fact that I don't have family in London. My wife doesn't have family in London. I think you guys have family in London that can sort of help out, look after the kids. So I think it's extra traumatic for families like ours that are immigrants um mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense because you are relying on the system and you have to worry about nurseries and all the rest and i think it's a little more traumatic for that reason as well not having family close to you
1: yeah exactly we got no one that can really help with that sort mm. of thing like my mum comes down to help out occasionally but she lives in nottingham she's got a full-time job like, Alex's yeah. parents are in germany um and we wouldn't really trust many other people with Emily at this point like yeah of course because she's just too young um mm. i think in time we'll get some of the nursery nurses to do some babysitting but yeah. um but yeah um so yeah, I just wanted to share that really, because it's a very strange thing to get your head around. One nice thing they do though is there's a website called Parent Zone. It's almost like social media for your kid when she's at nursery. So they take often take pictures of your kid Aww. and so you can check in during the day and see what she's she's getting up to. She oh, never wow. she never looks happy. <laughs> <laughs> um apparently she does get on quite well. Like we we know um another local mum who has kids at the same nursery and she always says that Emily looks fine whenever she's she mm-hmm. pops that's in. Good. So that's nice to hear. That's really good. Um but yeah. that that, that's what's been going on with me
2: on that on that on the back end of that my youngest is the last one to start school okay and uh you're doing it early Mm -hmm. for us the kids being in school full time they're now kind of used to it i think it's kind of hit my wife a little bit (laughs) so so
1: the last one's gone started going to school started going to
2: school started half days and now i started to do full time full day out with all three kids not in the house and my wife is like what am I gonna do with myself mm-hmm. which is a bit of a change because she to be honest I thought she would do what Alex said which is stick to the career go back to work mm-hmm. and after Christopher came she was like no I'll be at home I'll be a mum," which I didn't expect um to be honest I thought she'd go back to work but yeah now it's um empty nest syndrome whatever you yeah, want to call yeah, it yeah. but I think it's yeah, it's quite interesting. It's a bit of a change at home where it's like the house is tidier than it normally is and whatnot because mm-hmm. the kids are not in the house the majority of the day. So yeah, a bit crazy, a bit of a change. I feel like I'm getting older as well, noticing that. He's going off to school and the oldest is nearly towards the end of primary now. He's eight. So soon enough, you know, a couple of years and then he's out, he starts secondary school and we're already starting to think, oh, we're going to sign him up in what school and this and that and the other. It's mental. It's just mental thinking about it.
0: Time flies, man. It's scary. It does. It does. Uh, I, I can add to something in my own small, <coughs> little way. Uh, Quinn got her her own, well, she, she got her first babysitter. Not It's not very often. It's once a week for mm. a few hours or something like that. It gives her a man some time off from being a mum. And Quinn fucking hates it. <laughs> <laughs> She she just wails, like, oh my word. Oh, man. Yeah, she's you know, she's at that age now, she's gonna be eight months in a few days. She's at that age now where she, you can see that the cogs are turning, she's putting two and two together, and she, she has object object mm. permanence, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when the babysit comes along and takes her, Quinn will turn around and look as we're starting to get smaller in the distance. <laughs> and, and, and then we we hear the reports from the babysitter that yeah today was a little better <laughs> and she'll turn <laughs> oh, up and wow. you, have, you have tears in her eyes and uh, other than that Quinn is she's a happy motherfucker I'm telling you she's the happiest baby going always happy beaming smile that the light of our soul and life however that that three hours that two three hours <laughs> oh my word she is not happy at all
1: yeah, well, I guess it should be close to getting to the clingy phase because um, yeah. there is a clingy phase, and Amelie hit it like on <laughs> schedule about nine. Yeah, 10 months. Um, And, you know, if it, early, early on, Amelie would be happy to be passed to anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, she won't. If Alex is around, she'll want to be with Alex. If Alex mm-hmm. isn't around, she'll want to be with me yeah. and she won't want to be held by anyone else unless she's been in their company for a little while and warmed up to it. And uh-huh. My mum turned up the other day with some other family just for, you know, just to hang out on a Saturday. I tried to hand Amelie over to my mum and she was not having it. Wow. Emily had to hang out with 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 me for a while, and then spend some time in the in the old playpen behind mm-hmm. me. And then she was happy for other people to play with her. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's only a recent thing. It's just this clingy phase,
0: and it coincided with nursery, which can't help really. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we have the clingy phase right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, she runs up to us. <clears throat> And she just—she can, can run. No, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> she can fly. <laughs> Springboards over to us. Um, no, she she scampers across the floor like it, it, the last episode we were talking about crawling. Yeah. Um, she is soldiering now, like full on yeah. A beast. Yeah, yeah. Things happen way too quickly. Yeah. Man. Uh. So um, if if I'm if if she sees me uh across the room, she will just march over and muck around with my chair. Wants me to pick her up um and is happy when I'm holding her she doesn't squirm anymore mm-hmm. uh it's for me it's really nice because we had this thing where she preferred her mum purely because you know mum's got boobs uh <laughs> she was a source of food uh but but now like I'm I'm the dad and I'm I'm kind of like the fun one you know she gets to learn stuff with me we, we read books we we play uh, on the floor and stuff and she has a really good laugh and I think that she remembers this now yeah. yeah. Uh, so she makes an, a point to cartoon. If I'm out of the house, uh, if I'm at the office, and she doesn't see me for some time, oh my god, the smile is from ear mm-hmm. to ear. It's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's so amazing
1: good. Yeah, it's, it's a very happy thing when that happens. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds like we've had been having some well mixed times um, since we last met, but that's all good stuff. So we're going to take a quick break, refill our glasses, um, and get ourselves ready for the main event: antenatal classes. Join us in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Overly Honest Dads. Yes, you did it. You're listening to the world's greatest parenting podcast. And so now we're going to talk about antenatal classes, NCT classes, and all of that kind of wonderful stuff. Now, there will be a slight disclaimer. And the slight disclaimer is that if you're not from the UK, some of the things we're going to talk about probably won't make a great deal of sense to you. Uh, But I'll quickly give you a primer on what we're talking about. So the antenatal classes that I'll talk about are the ones provided by the (laughs) NHS, the NHS being the wonderful National Health Service. Um, This is free healthcare for Americans who don't understand the concept. Um And yeah, so the, these are classes that you take. They're usually a one-day session, telling you all about what's going to happen when you have your kid. And then Magnus is going to talk about NCT classes. Michelle. What does NCT stand for, Magnus? No idea. National <laughs> Child Care Trust. We discussed this. Correct. I th- oh, I think it is. That's just my guess. I think that's what it is. And Mag will tell us all about his experiences of the NCT Trust. Mm-hmm. And John will fill us in on what he went through when his first child was born, what, 20 years ago?
2: Eight years ago, bitch. Eight years
1: ago. Yeah, that's it. And then we're going to round out by by coming up with our own overly honest antenatal class. Um, So who wants to go first? I did not mind. I went first last time. I want to hear about this NHS thing.
0: I had no idea they did that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there is an NHS yeah. class. John, what about your experiences of this class, if you can remember
0: uh, that far back?
2: Um, That was the class that I got told that while my wife was given birth. If they had to cut anything, they would tell us. And I didn't hear, and then I hit the nurse, uh, not the nurse, the doctor, and then the nurse, kind of. Well, me. when
1: they're giving birth, not in the antenatal. Probably. Yeah,
2: yeah, not in the antenatal. But they they tell you, oh, they're going to let you know if they cut If they, they tell you the whole process of what happen, and they make it sound oh, like it's a no. calm experience. And then, when she's popping the baby out, you're just not expecting the intense emotion of the things that happen, uh, and the blood, man, damn. And oh, yeah.
1: So you're saying that the antenatal. Class way too relaxed was different from the reality yeah
2: different from reality I mean the, the the baby part afterwards even that uh, again it wasn't you know they're saying oh when the baby's born this that and they give you like this rosy idea or at least those nurses did of how it's going to work and all the rest of it. the experience was something really rosy yeah, they, they, were... they, they, they said oh it would be like for example Chris out of the three was actually the most intense out of uh-huh. all the babies because he was up every 45 minutes wanting to feed uh huh they don't tell you that. They said, "Oh, you, you're probably you're going to sleep less, so you're probably going to get getting up twice a night." It wasn't twice a night. It really wasn't twice a night. It was every forty five minutes. At a point of like going crazy for the first That's three really months. Weird yeah. that they, would they, say they that. went really calm on it, and and the re,
0: the reality of it is, you want to kill yourself. Yeah, pretty
1: much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, I think you are getting to the crux of what what I wanted to get at when we thought about this episode, which is the anti-natal classes. They don't give you the the full picture, (laughs) at least in in my experience. Like, It gives you some useful advice, but they don't tell you the full truth about what it can be like. And Uh I think maybe they're just being a bit cautious because everyone has a different experience. But I do think they could do a better job at uh, sort of preparing you for what it's like, especially for the woman feeling like a moo cow for two weeks at the start, where they're literally just being milked by a needy baby that gives you nothing back yeah, um yeah. Uh-huh. there's no real discussion of the difficulties that you can get into no
2: not at all not at all okay. it's way rosy way way rosy they just you know oh it's a wonderful experience and, and again that particular part of the breastfeeding that you know they would be milked they don't warn the idea of what if you can't produce enough milk or the fact that it's painful as hell Uh it's the other aspect you know when the milk comes out it's painful as hell they don't warn you they Mm -hmm. don't warn you they're just sort of making like you know and it might be difficult at first and then try again might be difficult it's agony like you literally see ah, Mm -hmm. screaming as the baby's sucking the milk out of the teeth it's insane it's just mm. insane. So what do you
1: remember about the day like do, how many how long how long was the session and how many people were there? Uh,
2: there was about 10-12 couples. Um mm-hmm. it was at Lusham Hospital we did it. Yeah. And you know the midwife she'd been doing it for a while, white hair, she's been delivering babies for god 20 years I think or something so she knew what she uh-huh. was doing but Again, painting it as this rosy picture of, you know, it's all amazing, life is uh-huh. beautiful, and then all the rest of it, it's just like, now. it's like, it, it, they don't live happily ever after, they have to deal with a crying baby <laughs> that just, like, for the first week, didn't shit, and we weren't sure, nobody tells you, like, he, what, he wasn't shitting, and we were panicking, they don't tell you any of that, that mm. sometimes babies take... A week or so to do. Yeah, the first apparently, poo. apparently they don't like, look
1: into anything until they ha- if they haven't shit for two weeks. So two yeah. weeks is the point at which they get worried. But yeah. can you imagine what must be going on inside your baby if it doesn't do a poo for two weeks?
2: Jesus but, yeah. Christ, must be so backed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. But the, the point is, they don't even warn you about that. We we were panicking. Like, oh, he's not pooing. He's not pooing. He's not pooing. He's not pooing. And then a week later, he pooed, mm. and it's just like you know, tell me shit like that. Don't literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, pretty much. Don't <laughs> sort of hide. The real facts or the real stuff that you need to know about that make it sound rosy. I'm sure we all want to hear it's a wonderful experience, and it is.
0: But you know, small mm. writing would be nice if it was bigger. That's really interesting. That you guys had this experience. So, how long were your courses for?
1: They were. I think mine was about four hours with a break halfway through. Oh, okay. So it was, it was a day course. Sessions. We we just had the one. Uh, oh, really? One. Yeah. yeah.
0: Three sessions.
2: Three and sessions. how many hours each per session? I can't remember. I can't remember the time. Okay. I can't, no, I can't remember. I remember we went back three times. So.
1: I think that we had a, an option for an additional breastfeeding yeah. course, but we'd heard that everyone's experience is so different mm-hmm. that it, and we ended up getting a private lactation consultant. Yeah. I know that sounds poncy,
0: <laughs> but... No, no. It's <laughs> that sounds all, funny. Well, yeah. for, 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 for pending dads, they'll come to realise that something like that actually becomes a real... Uh, possibility, yeah, you know, so yeah, almost, oh yeah.
2: You, you put all you, uh, again. It's the thing we were saying about you yeah. throw money at anything when it anything comes to babies, like
0: anything that you think
2: might help. Yeah, you're, you're just like, you're, you're yeah, yeah. You're money deprived, at it doesn't matter. Yeah, your
0: motivation deprived. Just yeah. your life, your lifeblood has been drained, and yeah. you just. Fuck you go it. with it you yeah, just it's... look at your bank balance. okay I've got a spare 150 quid you throw it at the wall yeah exactly you hope it works and you do that over but even the over ones y-
2: even people that don't have that extra 150 quid will still like get money to do that mm-hmm. sort of stuff mm-hmm. it's mental but get and, that's money. and it uh, doesn't
0: always work but yeah it's yeah. another topic
1: yeah I I should say that although we're fairly um, not being very complimentary about the NHS classes we should say that I think they're well delivered like the people that do it they they work hard and they they clearly do a good job and I could tell from from the one that I was at that there were um mums and dads to be who really benefited from it I think we us here we're all people who would naturally do our own research yeah. so uh-huh. we wouldn't rely solely on 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 this on these classes uh to learn about the experience of parenthood but I think there were some people there who hadn't done the research and for mm. them it was probably quite useful Mm. i don't think alex and i learned really anything that we didn't already know yeah Uh, not really i'm 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 struggling to think of anything that i learned in that in that session Mm. it felt it felt like a bit of a waste of time but a box to tick off Mm -hmm. um but you know we can't assume that everyone else out there is going to be on parenting websites reading books or talking to Mm -hmm. other people i think for me i certainly learn more from talking to other parents um Mm -hmm. than i did from anything else and listening about their experiences There, there is
2: one thing that midwives could bring to the table and probably it's a difficult subject to bring up but what if it's a bad birth Like the third, our third Liam, terrible birth, part of the placenta was left inside um, Elisa. She nearly bled to death. The kid nearly died, like that sort of stuff. When they take the baby away and baby goes off and you're like, like, no one prepares you for that process of things to happen. I think there needs to be more of a talk about if the baby's not well, this is what they would do. It's okay, it's part of the process. This is the process if something goes bad. Midwives see it, that sadly see it day in, day out. There yeah. needs to be some sort of education around that because I'll be honest with you, with Liam, they just took him away.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I do think there has to be a balance between telling yeah. you about the dangers, but also not scaring you shit. No, not
2: scaring you. No, no, but that's what I mean. It's it's the way you deliver the message will be you know, it needs to be well sort of put together. Yeah. But there needs to be some because again, it's all rosy as all and it's like when that happens what do you do like you oh, 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 you don't know how to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. you don't know how to react so i think there needs to be some sort of education it's mm-hmm. not harsh you know scaring people off but some sort of education if there was ever anything to there which is highly unlikely or whatever but giving people the message of what the process of it is mm-hmm. because it is terrifying mm-hmm. It can be terrifying.
1: Yeah, it can be terrifying. Um, right, but let's move on to the NCT stuff now. Now, um, we uh, it's not that long since we were in that situation of yeah. considering did, did we go for the NCT stuff. And uh, I think one of the things that I'd been told was that it's great for building up a social group. Mm. But I think from me and Alex's perspective, that's something we didn't really want. But Magnus, you went for NCT stuff and I believe
0: it's worked out really well for you guys. In, indeed, it has, yeah. Um, so the, the NCT course, I believe was 300 quid. That's uh, steep. Yeah, it was for 300 and something, and you, you split the payment into two. Um, and it's well worth it, in my opinion. It's well mm-hmm. worth it. So w- w- what you have is a course of split, uh, split over several weeks, I think uh, maybe a month or two. And you go uh, once a week, maybe more often. Um, we, we we went to this, this cafe, um, the lady, the owner of the cafe, Angela, um, she had uh, a rooms upstairs, and her cafe was specifically for nCT so you'd go downstairs and you ifs this um this baby stuff that you could buy um, and you would go from seven o'clock through to ten thereabout and it was fairly graphic it's at so odd to <laughs> what you guys experienced <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah um, she was very very matter of fact oh nice. very direct um, looking back now on what she taught us i think she did a good job Mm. there were some things that were limited to the amount of time that we had um for example putting on a nappy that's a luxury no Mm. such a thing as a luxury and we had that opportunity yeah um one of the things she did uh when we were when we were doing the nappy exercise um she gave us all the equipment and it was like um, the wet wipes but not that many wet wipes one piece of tissue uh, deliberately limited the amount of equipment we had and you'd open up the baby and it'd be shit all over the baby and all she right. would make her, sh- her own shit <laughs> yeah with different sauces and it would be smeared and it would get on your hands it's like brown sauce brown sauce and mustard Stuff like that. She's Sounds together. tasty. You know what the reality is? She probably shat in a... <laughs> it was her shit. But that that was my first experience of changing a nappy. And that really helped. That really helped for someone Mate, that never I've been practicing before. with tortillas for a lifetime. <laughs> like, I had no issues
2: yeah. when it came to I knew what was up. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. I, mean, yeah. I wasn't
0: that like, much. Maybe it was our course, but it was really good. That's quite Very good Very visceral. Uh, we saw lots of pictures There was no videos, there was no TV or anything. We saw lots of cards and pictures of... You know, babies. What labour's like. Oh, this is sorry. This
1: is just reminding me of something. One part of the antenatal class, I completely forgotten about this. They showed us a bunch of pictures of naked women with babies with their bushes out. Oh, no, you know, wow. It was. It was. I don't know why. Because I knew that I know what my wife looks like naked. I knew what she looked like pregnant. I had a good idea for this. This stuff. I really don't know why they showed us a bunch of vaginas. For, for me,
0: it was an exercise in preparing me for shock. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I needed that. All right, I've okay. never seen that stuff before. The okay. majority of us have never seen that stuff before. And it was just candid. You yeah. know, just, it was like, you know, like the baby would be popping out and the vagina would be completely stretched to a size that you'd never seen before. It'd be like looking at a Mona Lisa getting a football kicked at it. You know, it was just like, <laughs> shit, I really like that. I really, really used to like that. And now this has happened, you know. So it, it was an exercise in, in being shocked. And yeah, I, I appreciate it. As
2: I said. It's like you building a sandcastle on a beach
0: and your cousin coming along and kicking the shit out of it. Same thing. Or like. your cousin popping out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was really good. We um, we learned a lot. Uh I didn't know anything. I knew shit before that class, uh, and we made some great friends as well because yeah. everyone was.
2: <gasps> oh, sorry, I sneezed. Jesus Apologies,
0: listeners.
1: Right, I think we lost some listeners there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they so, died because <laughs> um, I was. I wanted to ask about the social stuff because I, I mentioned it just briefly just now. But that was the reason that we didn't want to go on it because the last thing that me and Alex wanted was to have people who were comparing babies we kind of wanted to no. avoid the com- competitiveness uh, that yeah. we've, we've seen in other people but i think you've had a better experience we've
0: not so it, i think you have a natural tendency to do that anyways but we yeah. we have not experienced that we we still speak to absolutely everyone Yeah, we have our groups and we don't it's now it's it definitely has petered off yeah we don't contact each other as much um but you know we'll, we'll throw throw the group a message and everyone will respond yeah. and it's good we went for a meetup last month for everyone and it was awesome it was just like you know we, we, that's we, all right we, you know we'd seen each other the week before it was really really good really really good for me it's but- weird because i had them at a different age
2: than you guys mm. and now i find that my mates or our mates like families that we go on with are all way older than us because mm. <laughs> our kids are the same age as theirs yeah. and they're in the nearly 50s and yeah, yeah you know we're not there which is quite random yeah so, and and our kids were the generation before groups on facebook and all this crap that goes on now there was none of that at all it's just sort of kind of people you met people yeah. you know and whatnot
0: well, i i i don't know how i would have coped back then because we we also don't have any family around it's just it's literally just me and romana
1: so we talked about a lot of the positives of the nct stuff um mag would you say that there are any negatives or anything that they could do better
0: um maybe going to, to some more things in detail breastfeeding is number one yeah that yeah. no one no one tells you no, no one tells you no one gives you any info nobody tells
2: oh it's painful as shit and she will cry no one tells you that shit you're not ready for it's, it's like just, why are you it's crying
0: just, it's just yep. such an understatement isn't it you yep. know it is it's awful it can be awful yeah one out of ten mothers have a good time breastfeeding yeah. yeah, the NHS don't tell you. No, they don't tell you.
1: And the service was not that great. Nope. That's in the hospital, like Alex, Alex got blamed for having the wrong shaped nipples. In it. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Blame, blame the woman. For... Blame the woman. Like, yeah. 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 Um, great stuff.
0: So, R- Romy, she, her nipples in the shower for two months, when the water hit the nipples, she would crane in pain. Aww. It was, yeah, it was hurting her that much. And then she'd have this little parasite. Just jumping at her nipple for food. <laughs> don't call yeah. your daughter a parasite. They, 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 they are at that. They, that are, age. they, they are. They kind are, of they are. are at that age. But do, the the they, don't leeches, they, say, they don't give anything back. The you know? yeah. but they are leeches. they are leeches. They, just, you know, in their when you see them, they're fucking vacant. Yeah, you know they're vacant. They're not smiling. They're they're looking around like you know they, they've had a lobotomy and they want everything for you. Know? Occasionally they fart and they smile. Yeah, yeah, occasionally, but even then, it's not even a real smile.
1: Those smi- proper smiles don't come to like six weeks at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, otherwise they might smile. it might just be the muscles making a random shape and it yeah. just happens yeah. to look like a smile.
0: Yeah. Bloody babies. Bloody babies. Bloody, God, bloody motherfucking
1: so babies. Okay, so we've just destroyed the idea of antenatal classes and slightly bigged up NCT. So that's mm-hmm. some good work. Yeah. Dads. Um so we're going to take another brief break, refill our glasses again and then we're going to give you a very special world exclusive overly honest dads antenatal class. So join us in just a minute for more bullshit. Welcome back everybody. We're in the home straight. We're nearly there. Thanks for sticking with us this long. We really appreciate it. Um and so to round out this episode, we're going to develop our own overly honest antenatal class because we've talked about how we've had some good experiences and bad experiences of antenatal classes and now we'll tell you what we would do if we were running one our own ourselves. Now that obviously isn't going to happen. No one's ever going to trust us to do that, but we'll live out our fantasies here in the podcast so we're going to take it in turns uh we're going to mention one thing we'd like to uh, include in our overly honest antenatal class and then move on to the next person until we've hit some kind of time limit and then we'll leave you to get back on with your lives um so my first one i want to include is that everyone should be forced to watch at least one episode of one born every minute have you guys heard of that show i hate that
0: fucking thing matthew do explain. Because it shows you some it of the extreme... It is not realistic, sir. But
1: it's real. It's real. They it, picked the example. It is real, but, but
0: it, it's a Photoshop version of Yeah, it's of, a Photoshop of Labor, version of the real you know? who, who gives birth on their back?
1: Yeah, well, my wife did. Oh. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> there you go. Anyone who has a, has a thingy-majiggy, who has a general. Yeah, you know what, oral, yeah. Yeah. You, you,
0: know what? You're,
1: you, you are right. But yeah. one of the reasons I say this is we watched an episode where a woman went absolutely insane. Like she was so panicked and so crazy. And mm. we're, there were quite a few other examples of women who were having a hard time. It showed us a good idea of like what not to do. Because obviously, they show you the more extreme examples of what happens. Yeah. And they do present things in a somewhat realistic way. Like you see, you were mentioning earlier, you hadn't seen things like close ups of vaginas with a kid popping out. Well, you see that on that show. They, yeah. they pixelate some stuff, but it's a fairly yeah, brutal, it is. like upfront idea of what happens hmm. it's easily accessible to anyone in the uk and probably uh, people outside it's the on UK. youtube as well yeah and it's there's probably not it's not a bad way to spend an evening you know especially maybe when you're in the third trimester uh you're not doing very much and you're just looking to kill time because it's dragging on so much so watching episode two of that isn't isn't the end of the world i think it actually can teach you something even if it's just showing you the extremes it's still worthwhile in some way um it's a good job and so yeah,
2: boys one warning your wife watches it, your girlfriend watches it, what will happen is that then they want to watch it every week, which is what killed me. I understand watching it once or twice. Now, every time it's on, it's like, oh, one more every minute. And it's just like, we've seen this a hundred times. People have babies. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have another one? No, I had a fucking vasectomy for a
0: reason. They're expensive.
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, she, she gets it, She got addicted to it. Like yeah. it, it served
0: uh, a specific yeah. purpose.
2: I mean, if it was us. the, 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 the screwed up bodies show mm. yeah i'll watch that because things are fucked up on there it's quite funny <laughs> what
1: you're about embarrassing bodies
2: embarrassing bodies that shit's funny yeah. embarrassing but, births I don't, embarrassing births like women shitting themselves Whoops. giving, <laughs> giving <birth. laughs> no but I, just, I i can't get into it it's it, it's emotional like you watch it it's emotional like the first couple you then you and then you just you watch it again and again and i just think it's all a very, as you said, Photoshop version yeah. of how shit but works.
1: But. In, in our antenatal class,
2: I'm antenatal not recommending... Class, you do watch two episodes yeah.
1: and that's And it. that's all I'm suggesting. So so that's what you should do and ignore John. Maybe um, as an entry, an
0: entry into the whole experience. Yeah, yeah the entry yeah. into, into entry. the exit experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, So
1: Magnus, what's your first pick for the antenatal class?
0: Surviving breastfeeding mm-hmm. would yeah. be a big one for us because it was it was a, a major topic in our household it affected us fairly negatively because we had no fucking clue about anything and we just picked up along the way and i, I would say that actually time was probably the best healer for us because it did genuinely get better over time but it took months you know uh so uh, romy has been breastfeeding for eight months now and it's kind of okay now mm-hmm. so that's the kind of time that it can take you need a lot of perseverance so for my antenatal class, it would be surviving breastfeeding and that would include everything to do from the beginning through to uh, what you would do with the child, how you would get them to latch, um, how it hurts, how, how potentially uh, it, you, you can assist with the, the pain through devices like nipple shields uh, or uh, getting a snip done. Um, t- tongue tie, etc. Uh, that there are consultants. There's a lot of help from the NHS if you push for it, um, and that you're not alone. You're not the only person that is experiencing such great difficulty with with breastfeeding, and you're not. You're not damaging your child. You're doing the best that you can.
2: What would you call that module
0: of the course? Surviving breastfeeding. Yeah. Well you just call it surviving Babylon's? P- potentially, yeah, I think, yes. like that. I yeah. think yeah. given
2: that that's your favorite word to describe booms, I think and, and that's, that'd be pretty good.
1: Dear listeners, just so yeah, I think you just said, but that's what Magnus calls breasts, Babylon's. So yeah. important context. Yeah, for yeah. That. I think so,
2: that would be, yeah. So John, what's yeah. your first? Uh, for me, kind pick. of related to breastfeeding, but not really. I think given that out of my experience, two out of three births include stitches. Um, I mean, Father's Guide to the First Week um or partner's guide yeah they're they're not laughing stitches at all um like literally helping your wife getting up off the toilet getting into the bath having a shower they don't tell you any of that when i went like when i went to the antenatal classes i didn't oh they might put stitches in
0: that's as far as they went sorry sorry to interject john could could, could you just describe this stitch again the tear that so basically if they let it tear tear, it would
2: tear down to the bum hole yeah to avoid, stages. yeah, but to
0: avoid that, they
2: they go horizontally yeah. um, into sort of close to uh-huh. the fire is the idea. So that's where the stitches go. Um, and but, if they were to let it rip, it'd be a horrendous scar. It'd be yeah. take surgeries to sort it out.
0: And, and there's there's different degrees of tearing, yes. as far as I'm aware, all the way up to stage four, which is yeah. effectively life changing. Yeah, pretty yeah? much. Yeah. Okay. Um
2: So yeah, the the idea is, in my experience, literally two out of three births had stitches. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. um, Just be prepared to be very, very, very present the first week. And I think just a bit of a a guidance on everything to expect that you literally have to nurse your wife and help her more than you ever thought you had to. I mean, I didn't expect it. And I think a bit of a warning up front would have been nice.
1: Okay. That's a good one, John. Thanks for that. So my next one is a bit of a left field one. I think it might be helpful um, to give people a bit of tips about stain removal.
0: Cause this is a oh, yeah. weird one, That's but when, bit, when, yeah.
1: when you have your kid, they will leak, poo will leak.
0: Yeah, your partner's good at stain removal. Yeah, and Alex yeah. was
1: on the ball with this she stuff. Figured like that out. she, she knew exactly what to do. It, like the first onesie Emily was put in, she shat all over, <laughs> yeah. and it was a, that was the first onesie we bought. We bought it after the twelve week scan, and so it was a little bit sentimental that, yeah. that onesie. Um, and um, and I thought it was ruined forever. And Alex, after we got back from the hospital, the stains had been caked in for a, nearly a week at this point because yeah. we had to stay in the hospital quite a while. Um, and Alex got that clean. You're joking. Me. She got it spotless. Wow. It was okay. amazing. Um and and but I've heard from other people that they've thrown clothes away. Oh, um I was about yep. to
0: say we we in that time, the first couple of months, we probably threw away 30 quids worth of clothes. Yeah. yeah big time. Yeah. yeah. And if not more.
1: That, those clothes aren't cheap. And I do think that the first ones they go into have sentimental value to you as a parent because yeah. you remember those first few weeks and what they look like in those they're so tiny and sentimental yeah. oh, oh, value. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I don't I don't think it would take long to teach a few stain removal basics. That's probably five or ten minutes. Um, I, I,
0: I like this one. This is a really good a one. It's a very smart one. It, yeah. it, just so everyone knows, so the listeners know, babies poo when they're they're infants is is toxic it, yep. it just as soon as yep. it touches cloth that shit ain't leaving it is this yellow kind of mustard looking yep. uh, thing and it just soaks but in, even later on it there. still
2: stains like a motherfucker. yeah even it when doesn't like, disappear yeah, before one no yeah. matter what you do it and it tastes horrible it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> i should bring that up sorry <laughs> there's always some mention of eating shit from yeah Jen. there is there um is, there yeah is. um i'm sorry you have to hear that listeners i do oh, apologize stop apologizing um so so yeah i do think there should be some basic tips and maybe a list of of you know products that, that you should have in yeah. ready just so that you you got everything set up because the last thing you want in those first few weeks is to be stressed out about stuff that you can quite easily address if you're prepared um, and I think that's one that people should prepare for. Yeah. Um, so, Magnus, what's your next one?
0: Labour is different for all. Okay, not the political party. Actual labour. <laughs> okay, it really is. It, the, well, I, I think I would have liked it if they discussed all the different degrees of labour that, that can happen. All, the, all, not all of the different possibilities because there's too many. But some of the main ones. Yeah, cesarean. Mm. What could lead up to, to a caesarean? What they did discuss is the, um, I forget what they called it. Um, when you do, you know, when you do like pethidin and all that kind of stuff. Um, assisted, assisted birth, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she uh, Angela specifically called it a cascade. Because once you do one thing, then usually you have to do another thing, etc. And it cascades. Um, so what I would have liked to have gone into a little bit more is that yeah the labour cascade and how labour is different for all because we we went into labour uh having an expectation that things are going to be you know they're not going to go our way that's what I always say you know you have a plan but expect it not to go your way that's not enough info yeah um you know we went in and even even though we were prepared for for, to be unprepared um for the sorry we were prepared for the unexpected even then it still was not enough we you know we wanted a little bit more info, so I think that information on the way pregnancy can go for good or for bad, all of the different options, how it could affect you, how could it, it could affect nurses around you, the things that you do, the different wards that they will take you to, um, explaining the cascade a little bit more, etc. That would have been quite helpful. So I, I think that that's an important thing for couples to know. Cool, John. Post-birth experience that right after
2: your wife gives birth, mm. baby and mum get put in a different ward. So you go from fantastic ward where, yeah, we get it, we got the baby out, great, oh, push, you're doing really well, to you're not a good mum if you don't breastfeed. Like, no, you're not trying formula, don't care if it hurts, and it's just like, we'll figure it out. Like, the attitude changes. Like, it's a completely, my experience, all three, like, it's like a completely different world, nobody prepares you for that, like you go into a different ward and you get treat like literally she got treated like shit. I wasn't there because you're not allowed to stay overnight. treat like shit, it's unbelievable, like the things they say to them it's, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. like new mothers, and the first one was a bit shocking, and then the next two she was she's been a mother before, so she just sort of pushed back. but I think with the first child, they were quite horrible, man. Mm-hmm. It's quite surprising how horrible they were, so I think a bit of preparation of. You know, it might be all great when you give birth, but it might be a different set of staff. that might be moody because they're working mm. nights. Um, I think that could have
0: been a nice little warning. I'll definitely add that. So, uh, on the back of your point, may, may I go straight into my next point, Matt? Because there's um, the links.
1: If you if if you want to mess up the structure and the yes, format of this episode, oh please, because it's pissing him off. Just then, then you can do that. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to deal with the consequences.
0: Uh, i I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm happy to deal with the consequences because my next topic is dealing with the nhs and their different attitudes the way they approach you the way you are handled you have no idea what that's like yeah no idea what it's like <laughs> at no. all no we have the similar kind of thing so uh, when she was given birth there was a couple points where they were a bit shitty the nurses like one of the occasional thunder
2: cunt that shows up so. yeah oh sorry <laughs> we, we, we can edit it. that we, one out. Have a, you,
1: know, you do realize we have to tag these podcasters explicit every time we su- <laughs> yeah. when we swear on them you know oh well
2: okay
0: Cunt, 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 cunt. <laughs> oh jesus christ
2: no, i think thunder cunt is more potent yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah thunder cunt um yeah you know and when the baby comes thunder out of the cunt yeah
1: that was that was probably a cunt too far, <laughs> all right, Magnus. you were saying
0: dealing with the n h s and the different attitudes that you will come across when your partner's in labor and when you're there as a birthing partner um yeah, there's a, a general sense of apathy,
1: sorry, John just looks like a kid at Christmas right now, it just seems like the he's just he's just he's in hysterics <laughs> over doing? in the corner,
2: I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so we should give you a marshmallow. Okay, well,
1: spray. if you're if you're tired, if little boy are tired, we can run through this quickly and you can go home to bed. You know, you go to bed and have Teddy, and, and you have a
2: nice time. It's more funny than it should be because I'm tired. I mean, okay, that's what it is. sorry,
1: Magnus. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that that. This that's is what it. you get for yeah, skipping, yeah, the, I, skipping yeah, the routine. I, I get it now. I get. It. I, <laughs> I see. I, well played, Matt. Well played. <laughs> we Fuck. did well, Magnus. <laughs> Fucking. Okay. Yeah. So no, that, that, that I don't if, want to if, talk. I don't the want to talk. talk anymore. Okay. I don't want to talk anymore. Okay, Fuck you. so
1: my next one is noisy sleeping. No one told me that. I mean, we talked we talk about the fact that our babies have uh, noisy sleepers and they do the grunting noises. Um, and I had no idea that would happen. Yeah. And I'm someone who has never really had a good time with sleeping. And I kind of thought, be, being someone who doesn't sleep much, that I'd be well prepared for what it's like to have a baby. Um, I can deal fine off four hours sleep. But no one told me that she'd be a grunting swine yes, um, it, was it was horrible and I couldn't sleep in the same room as her and yeah. the first the, the first two months which when when it went on for that was the biggest problem for me I yeah. was I was I was going to bed at like five or six in the morning yeah. and then getting up at 10 for work. Yeah. Um, I was working from home, so I could kind of do that. Yeah. But yeah, if I was going into an office, I don't know how I'd have cooked
2: with oh, that. Same mean, for me, dude. Doesn't it feel like the worst hangover the first two or three months? It's like yes. constant hangover, even though you're not drinking. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it still feels like that it, now, to it, be honest. It affects yeah. your health. Yeah, yeah
0: you it really does. can affect your health. Yeah.
1: So, this is not a complicated one. I just think, in our overly honest antenatal class, we would tell um, parents to be that their babies are going to be grunting when they go to sleep. And apparently, that's normal. Yeah. Um,
0: grunting baby
2: syndrome. Yeah. Completely yeah. normal. Okay. So, John, one more from you. Last piece of advice which saved my brain um, holding the baby, holding the bottle with your chin if you're, you know, feeding with formula. And get a PlayStation, get an Xbox, get something that will keep you up. Skyrim is my best advice. So if, if you're a partner and you need to burn time, you got to stay awake with the baby. Allow your partner to get some sleep. Get a PlayStation, get something, it'll keep you going. 100% that was, for me, lifesaver with all three kids.
1: Yeah, and that's not something I can relate to because Alex is still breastfeeding now, so I don't ever, I'll never have the bottle sword. experience. I'll never have the bottle experience, but I know a lot of people that that have, and so that's probably a good, a good way to keep sane through a difficult period of time. Yeah, um, do any of you guys have any more? to throw into our antenatal class i have
0: just one more one more uh the legalities around having a baby no one told us this registering okay. oh, yeah. a baby God, yeah. yeah registering the t- the time limit you have on registration um what it means potentially to your finances so your one, holidays yeah. mm-hmm. paternity be whether you're self-employed or not um all of the different little things that you may not consider yeah, that's true. uh the the money that you get back from the from um uh the nhs hmrc uh if you are uh, self-employed um and yeah just anything regarding the legalities around having a kid what it means how it affects your finances how it affects your status all of that shit you you learn it online but Mm -hmm. there's things inevitably that you miss so i really would have appreciated an hour around that
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I've just got one thing to round this off, and it's kind of based on my own personal experience. But it would be a mention of sepsis. Um, oh, yeah. Sepsis is the biggest killer of newborn babies. Mm. And when Alex was in labour, her temp—I uh, think her heart rate went up, and baby's heart rate went up, and then that meant that they weren't we weren't leaving the hospital for five days, mm-hmm. and. No one really told us anything. I, I I, had to do my own Googling at the hospital after Amelie had been born to, to find out what sepsis really involved, what the risk factors were, and what would, might happen if things went wrong. And considering, an, I mean, don't quote me on this, I could be wrong, but I think it's a number one killer of, yeah. of newborn babies. It's more
2: common than uh, than cot death, actually. Yeah, um, so and
1: uh, no one had mentioned anything about that. Yeah. Cot death is Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, mm-hmm. SIDS, SIDS, to give it its proper name. That I knew about, and we knew to have a sleeping bag and all the stuff about the the crib and how to set it up. We knew all about that. We knew fuck all about sepsis. Mm. And there was me, Amelie, less than 24 hours old, in a hospital, on my phone, reading all this horrendous stuff about what might happen. And it, yeah, I it, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And thankfully everything turned out all right for us. The, mm-hmm. it, it was a false alarm. We went home um, uh, six days after they went into hospital for labor. Um, but I think anyone out there should, be aware of this, what it involves. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to happen to you, but if it if it does, if you end up in our situation, at least you'll know a little bit more than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. maybe you can deal with it a little bit better mm-hmm. than we did. Um, but yeah, that's I think. Oh, do you have one more, John? No, or you, that's you were good. just doing a peace sign. I was doing a peace sign. It's very cool. nice, very peaceful. Um, so that comes brings us to the end. The end of yet another episode of Overly Honest Dads. Thank you so much for lending us your ears so that we can talk nonsense into it. I hope you at least get something out of our our, our rambling. Um, and yeah, so all that remains is for me to thank um, my good friends Magnus, my pleasure, and John.
2: Fatherly greetings.
1: We're going to go off into the night to do bad things to people. Actually, no, we're not. That sounds really awful, doesn't it? We're just going to have
0: beers and chill out. What bad things to people are we going to do? I, I, what, I don't what, know. What, what, what is this? I
1: don't know. That just came out of my mouth and I don't really know what I was going for. We're going to go and
0: punch Boris Johnson. No, We're going, no. going to find a nurse and punch. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no. <laughs> Bloody hell. That's, uh, oh. that's just for birthday. It's
1: oh, that, this isn't a good outro. No, it's not. Okay, it's not. we're just going to get out of here as soon as we can. So bye, everyone. We'll speak to you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Oh,